Welcome back to the pod. Hey, Steph, here we go. It's been a hot minute. And I just plug these into our calendar so we don't miss the opportunity to riff on your great one-liners, really. And we're going to start this one-liner with your cat story. Would you mind? Can you just enlighten us yeah. what what happened with the cat? Well, I feel like the way you retell it is even better than how it happened. <laughs> well, okay. So this past Sunday, I got outside, it was sunny, and I started to rake the leaves. I was so stoked to clear our garden and clean up so I could look outside and just love the front yard. And our sweet neighbor, a seven-year-old girl came over and I was listening to a Jay Shetty podcast while I was doing this. And I took out my AirPod and she said, our cat's stuck on the roof and he's been there since 1 a.m. last night. And I had walked our dog hero. And so I had seen these ladders around their house and I thought they were like cleaning their gutters. So I didn't know what the ladders were for. And I walked over and they had friends who were staying overnight. And I said, hey, you want me to climb your ladder and get your cat? And they said, well, uh, like they didn't know how to say yes, even though I knew we all were like, yes. They were like, well, you know, it's dangerous. Like we had to think about it. And I was like, I'm just going to climb your ladder. So I took off one of my shoes so I could have a grip, climbed the ladder and scaled the roof for about 20 minutes, just kept getting closer to the cat. And you could see the cat wanting to climb down and his little paws were scratching the roof and he would get down and then he would crawl back up. And then he was like, do I come down? And I just, so you know, very allergic to cats. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, okay, do I come down? He did that dance for a little bit. And then I thought I need to touch it. So I got even closer to the cat. And this is where Angela, my neighbor just said, oh, just grab his neck. It'll go limp. You know, they're used to that. And then just gently pull him towards you. So finally I reached the cat and pulled him towards me and just held him in my arms for a moment. And he was like the, like, thank you. And, you know, during these 20 to 30 minutes, I kept putting food on this broom that I asked them to pass me up. And I kept trying to feed him, entice him down. And that wasn't working. So grabbed him, mm. put him in my arms. I'm holding this beautiful gray cat. And then they send me up a backpack. And I put him in the backpack. I close the zippers and he just keeps poking his head out. And I'm like, go in the bag. And I zip him all the way up and gently slide him down. Her friend grabs him and he is safe. (sighs) Exhale. (laughs) So I just need to tell our friends of the podcast that you told this story at the beginning of yoga class. And when I come to yoga, you usually have like some book and and it may be yoga related or, or not. It's personal development in some nature. And, and you pull out your book and you're so calm and you say, you know, I found this book or I'm going to share this it starts the class and we never really know what you're going to say. And it doesn't matter. We just know it's going to be so wise. And so here we are on Monday morning and I close my eyes and I await for the wise words of Sess. And 
like without missing a beat, you kind of cackle and are like, so I saved a cat on the weekend. (laughs) And I couldn't help but think of all of the analogies of where saving a cat and making requests and making really bold requests and the cost of not making requests. And all of these things were going through my mind for the entire yoga class that had nothing to do with the fact that you actually started the class by saying, I do yoga so that I can climb a ladder and save a cat. Because of course there is a physicalness to this. That's enormous. I'm like, when was the last time you were on a roof and let alone a roof, like your neighbor's roof without any help, you're not tied into anything. Like you're literally free soloing it up your neighbor's roof. And there's like these little crevices. And I had seen these pictures of you and I'm like, you're like this little dot up so high. And so like the physicalness of like, when was the last time you climbed a roof for real? Oh, oh, when I was a kid, you know, we'd go on the roof or we would like scale between two walls and then climb up like a spider you know you know as a kid did you ever do that um yeah you're just like many years removed from being a child (laughs) (laughs) oh I love it so So true (laughs) I mean perhaps your children help remind you of the things that you did as a child it's just to pause to remember that the physicalness uh, in both like your body and in fear did not stop you. So every time I did down dog, I was like, oh gosh, like, would this help me get on top of a roof? And then would this pose help me stay on top of the roof or stay in an uncomfortable position while I'm on a roof? And so the, the physical metaphors and analogies weren't lost on me yet. I couldn't help myself Sess, for all of yoga. I just kept thinking, wow, like the courage of the kid to come over and ask and what it took for you to even have the wherewithal to ask the question. And it really brought up, you know, something that we've been talking about all all week, it feels like, which is we do the work to be ready. And I just love how you riff on that. So can you tell me more, less about the cat? I'm allergic to, I mean, like it would take a lot for me to want to save a cat. Tell me about what it means to do the work to be ready and how we never know what we need to be ready for. You just said it so beautifully. I want to like really emphasize what you just said and I'll say it in a way and it might not be exactly how you said it. And it's what we've really riffed on. And what this brought up for me was we don't know why we go to a training you know, we have, we know what, what we want to get out of it, or we know that we're sent to it and we might not ever be ready because we don't always know what will happen. Mm. And if we practice, if we do the work, then we're ready for whatever might come up. Mm. Meaning the more we look at our responses and what we react to, and we focus on it and we work on it, then one day when something does happen, we are going to be a bit more prepared for it, Mm. right? Mm. Instead of, I know that I'm going to climb this roof, let's say, or I know I have this challenging conversation and then we have it and then we say, oh shoot, I really wasn't prepared for that, Mm. right? So I really do believe and I see everything in everything that we do has a purpose. We just might not know it yet. Mm. Every learning, every book, 
every conversation, every human we meet, right? How many times does that happen that you've met someone in your life and then years later, you're, you hired them or they hired you mm -hmm. or they connected you to your biggest goal yet. So everything that we do is intentional. We just might not know how or why. Gosh, yeah. When you said that, it really struck a chord because when I think rather about our offerings, we want to help renovate the tough moments in life and we don't really know what they all are and they can come in so many different shapes and sizes. And yet what we do know are what are the tools so that when the tough moments arise, you are equipped to know what to do. And, you know, we, we have seen some reactive responses on stages lately. And I love, you know, when we were talking about that, it was like, wow, I wonder if they know how to handle themselves in reaction. It was like, right. Do you, you know, lash out does something awful happen, big or small? And then you think I should go to training for that. Mm -hmm. And yet on the flip side, something that I feel really aware of is when things are going really well, it's harder to identify where we need help. It's like, life's great. All of these things are, are going so well. And I'm like, okay, so what is that evolution it's almost like, what do I need to do to be ready for what's next without knowing what's next? Does that make right. sense? That's a big topic, right? And it might take people years to really understand what don't I know? That question, what don't I know? Because mm -hmm. everything is going great. So the great question is, I'm open to seeing what I don't know, mm -hmm. or I'm open to the evolution. Mm -hmm. So we might have a great leader in the world right? Excellent leader. How could they even get better? Mm. And there's always room for a new perspective. Mm. The world, as we've just seen over the last two years has changed so much, no one knew. Mm -hmm. And so if we could say, how could I remain open, be my most responsive self mm -hmm. and serve, you know, the company, others, myself, just be of service always, mm -hmm. then all of these things will flood in. Mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily about the cat and saving a cat from the roof. It's about what will happen today and what do I need to be ready for? I wouldn't even be able to answer that question, mm -hmm. right? What is it that we can just prepare ourselves for? And what we can control is how we act mm -hmm. and how we think about things. Yeah. Our actions, I guess, if we were to summarize it, what can we control? How we react or respond to life. Totally. I just had a flashback to when I was young and past learning how to drive, but still a terrible driver. And I was driving with my best friend, Asher, and he was so calm in the front seat. And I looked over and I was like, wow, you're so calm. And without missing a beat, he said, because if we get into a car accident, my nervous system will be better ready than if I'm already tense. And he's like, you're driving me like a maniac. None of this is okay. And I need to just sit here and be as calm as possible so that when impact comes, I'm ready for it. And I thought that was so beautiful looking back now, because where do we go into a tense state and in a tense state? It's like what bounces off of us versus like what can be absorbed and what can we handle? I think it's so smart. You know, I also just got a flash of how important and how critical our core values are, 
because your belief and your core value and curiosity and learning and really satiating your learning vibe is what helps you constantly ask the question, what don't I know? Where can I go deeper? What can I learn differently or learn more about? And it's almost to say that we need to instill a presence of our values to be in the work of who will be next. Does that make sense? It's like your values will drive where your curiosity will lead so that you can be ready in your own way, in a place that's really authentic to you. And do you know what those values are? And do you know what you don't know? And are you open to learning? Feel like this kind of trifecta of questions we could keep coming back to for as long as we're alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you open to learning? You know, it's like the confidence podcast I was listening to at that moment is know a little bit about a lot, Mm. know a little bit about a lot. And I love that, Mm. right? Because if we know what we're interested in, then learn a little bit about a lot. So Mm. the books that you choose to read, maybe you don't finish them all. Maybe you read chapters or excerpts, Mm. not like read front to back Mm. podcast you listen to, maybe you listen to it and then you get what you need and then you go on. Right. Mm. So I mean, there's never any right or wrong. And it's just like, keep open. Yeah. Stay open. Stay open. Yeah. So I feel like this is a journey of a podcast because I have a core value of adventure and I didn't know where it was going to take me, but gosh, darn it. I got in my car and it has taken me to some places. And then on the flip side, I I look now and I say, okay, if if this chapter of of an adventure is coming to a close what's next and what does that look like and what is the openness to it and i share that because we created the yes assembly last year it was sort of the coming out of what we thought might have been two years of a pandemic we understand that it's you know this might be with us for some time the question though was what did we think the world needed then your essential self spells yes And we wanted to bring people together to identify and to dive into the essentials of of what made them them, of being awkward and being human together in real life all over again. And we're doing it again in May, May 10th to 12th. And I know this isn't about a cat. It is about being ready for life, though. And I think that's what the Yes Assembly is about. And you led it so beautifully last year. And then of course, like only you can do, you came back and said, I think we could change the curriculum this year. And I said, no, it was so good. We've got to do it again. And so what will be for sure is the curriculum. And what will be different is a new group of people at the same location. And I want to hear about how you believe the Yes Assembly will help get people ready for life. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Steph. You've summarized, you know, our intention so beautifully. It is rare right now for a group of people to come together and feel really safe and vulnerable. Hmm. This is for leaders. It's for human beings. It's for parents. It's for couples. It's for co it's for everyone. And what we do is dive deeper into who we are. And we talked about this before that some people don't really know. The biggest question that we can ask people is who are you? And the first layer might be what we do. 
And then we have to like get to it around like, no, here's what I want to do. And here's what I value. And I say this is important because in the world to feel fulfillment and passion. And at the end of the day to go, damn, I did that. We really want to feel like we lived every moment of our days on purpose. And sometimes what happens is our values and priority, one priority, because, you know, Jay Shetty or Atomic Habits, my sister-in-law reminded me of this, is you can only have one. Sometimes our priority can get mixed up. Mm. And then 10 years later, you're like, what did I do with my life? And that's why some people can call it a midlife crisis is because you look back at the moment of your life and go, what have I done? And what do I want to do? And then you start living boldly. So these are the moments where I'd like to say the yes assembly helps us. This is the moment where we can say, let me turn my life not completely around. Let me start making choices that really nourish me where I feel powerful, where I can have that job promotion and ask for it, where I can love my relationships, love myself first and foremost. So that's part of it. And then we go into now to sustain everything that I create in my life. Let's not swing the pendulum from overdoing to not doing anything in action. Let's find that middle ground of what makes you work our body through movement, meditation, right? Nourishment. And it's not that we just talk about all these things, we do them. Mm. And that's when adult learning works the best is when we can apply what we're learning. Mm. Yeah. Oh, gosh, the curriculum. I'm so excited. I just want to go back to when you said, who is it for? And you're like, it's for everyone. In fact, more than ever, it's for the person who's lost their job. It's for the parent who has chosen to not go back to work. It's for the person that got fired and might be full of feelings, rage, anger. It's for, like you said, couples. It's for the person who's been single and who wants to find their person. Because all of this is a mirror to say, how can your life to date be the most beautiful reflection of what you want to create going forward? And what do you need to leave behind in order to create that path? And it's only a few modules out of the full Your Essential Self course offering, yet it feels like three really juicy modules to both reflect and prepare going forward for what matters. I, I feel like if it was a first aid kit, it would be the first aid kit full of the right components you'd keep in your car, you might keep it in your drawer. If you need a Band-Aid, there's a Band-Aid. But really, like, there's no band-aids in this work. That's just what's in the first aid kit, you know? You know, when I managed teams, not at the Corker Collective, like in other companies, I used to take my team, I took them to Hawaii to develop themselves so that we could then go train across North America. So this would be something that I would gather and bring a team to, to say it's so important for you to understand yourself and then to manage your energy yeah, and to ground and to nourish and to connect. So these are like fundamental skills for someone if they really want their team to gel as well. Totally. As an alternate. That's yeah. so wise. Yeah. I love that. Gosh. Okay. So I feel like the question I want to ask you is where are you learning or leaning into learning to prepare for the future that you don't know about for yourself, Zess? Right now, what I don't know that I'm preparing myself for is I'm reading the book Price Paid still, 
So that one, I don't know. And I'm reading it, you know, one day I'll be like, that's why I read it. And then I'm listening to, you know, me and you are working on how does one become confident? Mm. Right. And I'm listening to that. And I feel like that I don't know, and it will support me in life and with clients and everywhere. And with my own personal practice of yoga, I'm really curious around what is the evolution? Who do I need to start practicing with? What books do I need to read? And then with nourishment, which is a big goal of mine this year for me and my family, I am constantly listening for what podcast do I need to listen to? What books do I need to read? Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to one, you know, as a vegetarian, I'm listening to one all about why meat is good. It's wild. Mm. and it's not always for me and I'm still open to listening to it without judging it. Mm. It's so beautiful. Does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is the call out. I mean, if there's anybody who's listening, who has ideas or suggestions, things that we should be absorbing in any way, shape or form, please let us know. I want to answer the same question because for the last six weeks now, I have been following this program called 75 hard. And I nicknamed it 75 easy because hard just felt like, why am I waking up every morning to do something hard? Yet one of the things is to read 10 pages every day. And it has just become this new, beautiful practice that I used to listen to audiobooks more and podcasts and more things in my ears. And now I'm just sitting down and I feel like a bit of a voracious reader. I'm so excited to dive into different books at different points in time throughout the day. So I actually like keep a book beside my desk. And if I have a few minutes, I'll like catch myself like opening it just to read any page. And I think that's what I needed to hear in this moment. So there is something about reading and reading for the the sake. You said this, like moving for the joy of the movement, reading for the joy of reading. And I know it will come up. These are like the spices of life that we'll need later in life. And we just don't know yet. So that feels really true. I always love these. Thank you, Sess. To our listeners, if there's anything that we've missed in how to nourish our minds and bodies, please do let us know. And otherwise, today's the last day to sign up for your essential self. So if you're listening to this on April 12th and there are any spots available, the link is in the show notes. And otherwise, you will probably hear about the Yes Assembly on the other side of Bodega Ridge in May. That's a wrap, Sess. Thanks as always. 